Ah, come on. I changed. That's us. Jesus, I'm already clipping the fucking mic. I haven't barely started. Yeah, that that noise too, and all the other noises that we can make, like e and ah uh, and poo poo. We're really good at this. How you been? Oh, you know what? I've been okay. I, I popped a beer. Say. Did you pop a beer? Yeah, we're drinking beers tonight, right? Yeah, it's not just yeah. Me? Okay. What'd you get tonight? I was looking for a bourbon barrel um, type of beer. There was one that the the store was selling a bit ago that was aged in, uh, or, uh, or brewed in, I want to say Woodford Reserve or Knob Creek, which are really like high-end bourbons. And they were out of that, and they're like, well, we have Dragon's Milk, which is kind of like the staple of, I think, bourbon beer. And so I was like, yeah, I haven't had that in a long time. And it's cool, it's got dragon on it. And it's 11% alcohol per volume. Oh, yeah. I, I think I've recommended it, like, several times on the show, but Dragon's Milk is the best. They're, like, $4 of beer. It, yeah. It's not a it's not an impulse buy. It's like, oh, you know, I want a good beer. Yeah, and it was funny while I was there, because I'm, I'm with a guy, and he's showing me stuff, and, you know, we're going back and forth with what we like, and it, it's, it's like the really good experience. I, I love this liquor store. The way the staff are so good, and so he showed me some of the stuff they got it, and um, there was one. It was a. It was like I think twenty dollars for a four pack, and it was aged in apple brandy, or brewed in apple brandy, or something like that. This is this weird beer, and I was like, "That's interesting." And the other person walks out and goes, "Oh, that's the most fucked up beer I've ever had. You have to try that." And she's talking about it, how it's, like, so thick, it's like pouring syrup in it. And she ended up, like, cooking a bunch of brats in it. Oh, they were nice. Like best brat she's ever had. And, and I was like, yeah, but, like, 20 bucks for a four-pack is a lot for something I might not like. She's like, well, we we can sell you just a bottle. And I was like, that's still, like, five bucks for a beer. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. So I bought one of those, and I'm going to crack that open tomorrow with my parents and my brother and just, like, have us all, you know, have a quarter of a bottle just to see how we like it. Yeah. But it's also, like, really high proof. It's, like, 13 or 14%. Yeah, it sounds like a fun one, though. I'd love yeah, to I'm really that. excited to try it. I actually called my dad, like, as soon as I got home, and I was like, Dad, I gotta tell you something. I bought a weird beer. <laughs> so, beer is fun. We're living in a time where beer is, like, getting weird, too. Like, you just showed me, like, coffee IPA, which sounds awful, but... I'm, who would, you know, so people are thinking to make just weird fucking beers and weird lagers and, and, and uh, chocolate stouts that are like double chocolate stout. It's Hershey's or whatever. And it's like, this is great. Like, this is so fun to like look at beer now and be like, there's just weird options. Like a candy store, but with less sugar. Man, so SoCal turned into like the microbrewery capital of the world overnight. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what happened, but there's so many beers here that are just weird. Um, when you guys come out, we're gonna, Matt, Matt lives around, like, five breweries he recommends. Like, he could, he could tour us around. (laughs) Sure. It, it's kind of funny, I guess we never really planned on going to your, talked about going to your house or your area, but I suppose if you're gonna come here, I should go there as well at some point. Oh, so I have a friend up in Canada, right? Okay. He was he was telling me like he was curious and he looked up plane tickets and it's like fifty dollars to go to California or Florida. 
and he's like, oh, I could go to Disneyland. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's he's been making bank off the COVID money. Right. And he and he doesn't have a job, so he's like has all this free time, and he's just like saving his money. So he has all this money in his savings account. And he's like, "Hey, when they cut this off, I'll just fly down to America and see a bunch of things in America." You know, I I mean it's irresponsible, but at the same time, like I get it. It's so cheap to do this shit now. People are giving away tickets because they're they're so desperate to get people in their theme parks and on their airplanes and stuff. Like, I mean, you can also be safe. Like, yeah. Don't don't rub your face on people, and you might be okay. Yeah, wear a mask. Make sure it covers your nose, people at work, you dumb bastards. But also wash your hands. I've noticed a lot of people wear a mask, and they think that keeps the virus away. And it's like, no, the the mask doesn't keep the virus away. It keeps you from spreading it. Like you gotta, you have to be safe. <laughs> right, man. <laughs> this beer is so fucking smooth. Mine is too. I got a Schrader brow. Um, it's very interesting. It, it's this guy brews it in New Mexico, but it's very much inspired by a traditional Oktoberfest beer. Um, and the and the, on the side, it literally just says this this beer is dedicated to me because I like it. Nice. And, and it's just a picture of him in a Hawaiian shirt with a big beer stein. That's, that's just, a power move. I, I he's having it. a good time. It's like, you know what? I really respect this. And he he brewed a good beer, so I drink to him. Nice. You know, the one thing I will say, the, the last bourbon beer I had, um, it had a lot more bourbon flavor to it. This is this is really smooth. That last one was, was not smooth, but I enjoyed it because I really like bourbon. I wonder, I don't know which one I like more. I feel like there's something about this, like, it doesn't taste like an 11% beer. But it's really good. Like, this is a fucking awesome beer. <laughs> Man. What a... I, I, you know I love a beer once in a while. Yeah. I had a good day. I hope you had a good day. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, But I like beer, so that's good. Oh, so we got a little bit of video game news. Did you see the Smash Brothers announcement? I did not. Oh, you missed it? I did. Let me bring it up real quick. Let's see if I can't spoil it. You didn't hear the announcement? Mm-mm. I, uh, a while back at work, I filled out some survey for one of the programs we use, because I was like, sure, why not? And uh, they sent me a $25 Amazon gift card today. Sweet. And I was like, that's going to me and not the company. So I got a $25 gift card that no one needs to know about, Heather, if you still listen to the show. That's cool, though. Yeah, like, that was, that was, a, that was a nice thing. And you're going you're gonna to put it towards the pizza for all the guys at work? No, I'm going to probably buy CDs or something. That's good to know. Holy Music shit, Minecraft is in fucking Smash Brothers? <laughs> oh, so you started watching it? Yeah. So I, I love this pick, honestly. The I announcement don't. made me happy. I don't give a shit fuck about Minecraft. But the execution is top notch. Like, they nail all the animations because they look jank as Minecraft. They do. Okay, the level looks pretty cool. The background is randomly generated just like in oh, the really? game. Yeah. He's got a neat moveset, looks like. They built in the crafting mechanic and the building mechanic. Oh, Jesus, yeah. It's like, wait a minute, what? 
he looks every new smash character is like ridiculously complicated and i feel like this guy's no exception yeah it, uh, he seems complicated in a fun way oh he does this seems like a very fun addition but what i love is like this was announced, and then, like, the first article up on Kotaku was, everyone, please stop harassing Sakurai. He's working very hard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like, I don't understand, like, I'm looking at his Musa, right, and it's like, I don't really know what is what, and I'm wondering if he's, like, a random special. Yeah, they're gonna have a more in-depth um, analysis in a couple weeks. I think Minecon is next month. Oh, sure. Uh, it might be this month. I'm not sure. But Minecon's coming up soon, so Sakurai's actually going to be part of a panel where they like go in-depth and do how he works. Cause he, well, what, he the, looks... what the fuck was this? With the two little uh, Splatoon characters dancing. Uh, 222. Yeah. That's, what is that's that? What, um, that's an assist trophy. Oh, is it? I don't yeah. play with assist trophies on. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, um, the Squid Sisters pop up. And I think what it does mechanically is it locks the screen into the center where they're at, and it zooms in on them. Oh, okay. So it only, like, it. it's weird. If you get that on some maps, it literally doesn't do anything. And then for others, it literally, like, kills people that are on the wrong side of the map. Sure. It's a, it's one of the more weird ones, but I think this they're... Is a, this is a cool character. I think they, they did a good job with him. I don't like or care about... Minecraft, yes. but I, I gotta I gotta say that the execution of, of 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 that looks good. I'm seeing a lot of people very upset about this, and I think one of the things someone said was, "Why not just put in Fortnite?" And it's like, well, I mean, they could. It wouldn't surprise like, me. I, I feel I, like they're they trying to say that Minecraft is too childish, and it's like it's the game with Mario and Pokemon in it. Like, right? I I don't know. I don't know what people expect. It's like, I want my niche RPG character. I, I want Dante from Devil May Cry, Richard. I mean, it would be kind of cool if Dante from Devil May Cry showed up, but he no, just totally just I, doesn't fit. Richard the Snake kind of doesn't picture. either. Um, well, no, I don't know. Snake does. Kinda. He's a video game classic character. That's true. This is th I, I woke up and Richard sent me this picture. Ah, it is Dante. Dante wakes up in Minecraft world, and he says, what the hell is this? And he eats a pizza. You know, there's a fanfic there. And he goes, mamma mia. What's, what's Dante's catchphrase? Uh, I don't really know. That's a spicy pizza pie. It's funny, I've, I've played a little bit of DMC, and it's like, I, I don't know if Dante has much of a personality other than, like, asshole with sword. Ariba. He puts on his sombrero. Yeah, I really liked him in uh, in Marvel vs. Capcom. I feel like they they made him fit well in that setting. Hmm. And I liked in the Marvel vs. Capcom. I think Infinite was that the bad one. Oh, uh, well, maybe I've never played one of those. Uh, there's a cutscene where. Like, Rocket Raccoon's, like, shooting at all the bad guys, and he runs out of ammo. And so he, he calls to Dante. He's like, hey, Dante, can I borrow your guns? And Dante throws Ebony and Ivory to, to Rocket. And, like, that pairing is just so fun to me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like rocket catches them. It's like ebony ivory. Let's dance. And he's like, pew, pew, pew. and it's like, oh, this is this is what the game's supposed to be. I I like the joy of crossovers. I feel like there was a crossover with. Uh, I wanna. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was something like I was really excited for a moment like that. And it didn't deliver it, or it tried to, but it was just poorly executed because it was probably a Marvel or DC comic. And I was like, you know what? I don't like crossovers very much. I just kind of don't care anymore. Like, they seemed so fun when I was in high school. It's like, what if this character wasn't this? Yeah, and now yeah, I'm just that's like, every yeah, but playground argument. It really is. I don't know, like I. Because I'm at a point where, like, the, the best moments of most of these kinds of media are when they're not fighting each other. And so, it's like, what, you know, like, Thor and, and Rocket are together. And it's like, what 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 are they going to learn about themselves? Or it's like, or one could have a, a hammer and one could have guns and they could shoot the bad guys. And it's fun for a bit, but it, it doesn't carry a story. How about this is one of my favorite crossovers. Mm, 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 mm. What are you laughing at, Chad? Is is what you sent me real? No. God damn it. I want it to be. Describe it to the audience. So it's a really moody picture of Batman and Raphael from the uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and it's raining and it's dark out and Batman's looking up kinda of at the sky wistfully and he's very sad and he goes, This is where my this is where I watched my parents die, Raphael. And Raphael not missing a beat goes cow a bummer. <laughs> but okay, here's here's this other crossover I found interesting. Um, are you familiar with Big Trouble in Little China? Mm, no. Are you familiar with Escape from New York? Yes. So what if those two things crossed over? Which is kind of funny since the same actor played those characters in the movies. <laughs> and like that's the whole joke. Like that's it. There's it, not... it literally is just the joke, but you know yeah, what? There's, Why not? There's no more. It, you're you're buying this for the cover art more than the book, but the book was actually cute too. I have to download this picture and send it to people though. The Batman one. It's fucking great. It's so oh, good. It's, that's one of my favorite pictures. I wonder what is the real, the real text. Um, Raphael doesn't say anything in that panel. Oh. That, I mean, that's like the appropriate response, I suppose, to listening to some that, Batman be like, my yeah, parents died. That crossover book was interesting. Um, they didn't necessarily do things I liked, but they did interesting things. Uh, I think the Joker became a mutant, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so he was oh, like really? a hyena man with the face makeup or something. Huh. Um... You know, I'm having trouble finding it because I did a search with those words. I'm mostly getting, like, furry fan art. Hooray! Or Harley Quinn's pet hyenas. Oh, yeah, I forgot about those. Uh, Joker. Teenage. What would be a good crossover to you? So, I think... Um... Oh, you know what? This is actually from a cartoon. This wasn't from the comic. Never mind. Uh, so, I think my favorite crossovers are things that shouldn't go together, like Archie versus Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Star Trek and Transformers. Because there's be like fun. that. Well, that is fun. They they uh 
the art design for the Star Trek stuff was based on the animated series. Oh, nice. Um, and then the Transformers were based on the 80s Transformers. So it's actually kind of close to when those two properties were like active canonically. And they, they lean into like, I, I want to say it's predictable. It's a very mm-hmm. short run and it's cute for what it is. But it's just fun to see a giant enterprise that like transforms into a, a man, you know? Yeah. I want to see I want to see Predator crossover with Scooby-Doo. Would it be a mystery? I feel like it would for a bit cuz he he's he's all invisible except his telltale shimmer, but they wouldn't know. And then like Scooby would be freaking out and they'd be like, "No, Scooby, there's nothing there." That would be a cute running gag. Yeah, especially cuz he's got he's a dog. He's got a nose, right? He could just smell the fucking predator and he can basically talk. I think that would be funny. Now, here's my question. Would the Predator be a real Predator, or would it be like Old Man Jenkins? Hmm. Part of me wants it to be a real Predator. I think most of me wants it to be Old Man Jenkins. The thing is, is like, when they encounter like a person hanging upside down that's been skinned alive, uh, you know, Old Man Jenkins is maybe a... a, a He's a bad dude. He's wearing like a full predator costume that works, but he's also naked underneath. When they catch him, he's just sporting the most giant erection. So, um, I'm having trouble finding the scene here. Um, okay, so here's another crossover. Are you familiar with the series Supernatural? Yes. So, what do you think about Supernatural and Scooby-Doo? Yeah, I'm for that. Did you watch that? I didn't watch it. No, I didn't know that was a thing. That was a thing. Actually, no. I feel like someone told me that was a thing a couple years ago, and I was like, why the fuck is that a thing? But now that I'm older and more mature, yeah, why the fuck not? So, what's funny is that there's, like, swearing in it. (laughs) Really? Which is, like, weird. Um, I sent you, like, a weird bootleg clip. <laughs> I like I like Sam's are eating a sandwich in his in his bed cap. Is this like did they get the actual supernatural voice actors for this? Yeah. Awesome. Honestly, like if I had the opportunity to be in Scooby Doo, I don't even like Scooby Doo, but I'd go for it. I love the Johnny Bravo Scooby Doo episode. Yeah, that was a good one. Man, I wish this wasn't such a shitty bootleg thing because this is funny. Like, this is legitimately goofy as hell. Um. <laughs> Did you catch that? What? So they find the dead body and there's like a bloody knife stuck in his back. And and Velma's like jinkies and Shaggy's like zoinks and then Dean is like son of a bitch and Scooby's like rot row <laughs> How the hell is that a thing? I don't know. It's something it's something to treasure. Yeah it is. Oh well. Um so we did have a topic. Do you wanna get going on that? Yeah, I meant to uh 
meant to be listening to that while we talked, and then I didn't because we had to watch Minecraft. Um, yeah, uh, you you sent me a Final Fantasy playlist. Uh, I'm guessing it's from a bunch of different Final Fantasy games. No. Oh, is it? Is it just from the uh, the one you like? Yeah, just just fourteen. Just fourteen. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a nineteen song playlist. Oops, that's too loud. And uh, it's pretty cool. I'm. I feel like if we talked about this before, or we just thought about talking to this before. I think I've brought up before that I like the music in this game, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we talked in depth because I don't believe you've ever listened to more than one or two tracks. Okay. I. So I did listen to it all the way through. Um, it's interesting because there's the it's it has to toe that line between like it's background music, but it's in a fantasy game, so it has to be fairly epic. But it can't be like I feel like it can't be too intrusive because then you pay too much attention to it. Like background music is very difficult to to craft it in that regard. Yes. I think this hits what it tries to do really well. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I'm listening to it now, and I'm wa- watching this guy walk through this this big city, right? And, like, it feels like, yeah, this is, like, exploring the city. It's a little too epic for the scene, maybe. Uh, or, or maybe the city's just not populated enough for it. Uh, so, let, let's start here. We're on, um, you're on the first track? Yes. So, that's Ulda during the day. Let me lower my volume, too. I'm, think- I'm guessing that Ulda's so- the, the city he's in. Uh, yeah, Ulda is one of the three capital cities. And, um, yeah, I think it is a bit epic. But also, I love when the camera pans up and you see, like, the scale of the palace. Yeah, and it fits, like, the scale of the city, because the city looks huge. Yeah, it's it's deceptively larger. Um, like, the actual gameplay part isn't that big. But they manage to make it feel like you're inside of a large place, which is something that I've noticed World of Warcraft struggles with. Mm-hmm. Because they'll be like, um, well, like Stormwind. Do you remember how they mapped out Stormwind for the movie? Oh God! Like there's a, a someone, someone like part of the promo material was they had like, well, here's Stormwind in the movie. We 3D rendered it, and they gave like a really good look at it from like the aerial view, so you could see here's the Mage District and here's the Dwarven Quarter, and they they charted it out based on the geography in the game. Mm-hmm. But they made it like 100 times more dense, so that a population of a city could actually live there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was interesting seeing like the colored rooftops and everything, but with like an appropriate amount of buildings. And it's like, yeah, this is what they're trying to convey and failing. It's got to be hard, right? Because and it looks like this game's doing a better job of it. But like cities are so big, like it would take you hours and hours and hours to walk from one end of a city to another. Like like. Maybe even a couple days, depending on how sprawling the city is. And, uh... Obviously, in a video game, you can't have that. You want to be able to traverse it in a couple minutes, because you're trying to get where you need to go. Right. And so, like, yeah, how do you make... How do you make something feel huge, but not boring, or not time-wasting? You know, honestly, that's my concern with Cyberpunk. Uh, that's coming out in a month or two, and it's like... All the previews kind of make me feel like, oh, this is maybe a smaller story than they're pretending it'll be. Sure. Um, because it's like, you can't actually fill out a whole city of explorable avenues. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't even be worthwhile to explore it. So it's like, of course, they're going to 
guide you to the areas that are worth going to, but that just yeah. makes you feel limited. Um, this is my favorite city. This is the city I chose to start in, so it always feels like home. Oh, nice. It's in the middle of the desert, and they got this thing where... I think this is the only place where there's like still royalty ruling, but the Sultana is very much like... She kind of wants to end the... Um, the monarchy, as it were, and like put in. In the oh, video, yeah. it's just a cat dude walking around. Oh yeah, with a spear. The, these videos I sent you are. Um, I'll link the playlist below. But it's kind of funny because some of these are like actual music videos, and then others are like some guy recording himself walking around while the music plays. Yeah. And it's a little disjointed. I'm gonna skip to the second song. Okay. We don't have to go through all of it, obviously, because there's like 19. But let's jump around a little bit. So, Lanoskia Field. Dude, Lenoskia this guy's riding Field. on a lizard, and he looks kind of naked, so that's Yeah, he's, he's mostly naked. And he's he recorded most of these, so we see him a lot. Yep. Um, yeah, so this is like an overworld theme. It sounds I, like an overworld theme. Yeah, I want to compare this to the overworld theme in, like, Ocarina of Time. Did you play that? Oh, yeah. I feel like in Hyrule Field, you get, like, inspired to explore. And this doesn't do that. <laughs> like, again, it's a little more mellow background music-y. Yeah. Um, but it also feels open. It's fun. What's what really funny to me is that I, did, I designed the overworld theme song in The Land of the Glass. And there are, there are similarities to, to what I did, and obviously completely unintentional. But as far as like even almost like instrument choice um, is a little similar. Like there was definitely some like uh, brassy things in the beginning, like trumpets or whatever. Like I use those, and just the it's bright. I feel like it's kind of wide as far as like the the, the 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 stereo on the song goes. Like it is really funny that like there's just this intuitive nature to do something like that for an overworld theme. Like to use yeah, you know like there's probably gonna be some piano that shows up. Um, oh, the drums kicked in, and they're 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 there, but they're kind of you know they're, they're mellow, but they yeah. they add to it. You know, like it's just I don't know. It's like does it just we all just play the same amount of video games, or is it just something about this sound that evokes the thing we want to evoke? Like it's it's funny. Yeah, I think I think it really does invoke the feeling of just being out in the open. Mm -hmm. um, you can picture a wind blowing by. You can picture travelers on a little cart. Yeah. Um, farmers doing their chores. It, it complements pretty much everything. You want to do the next one? Yeah, this is Chimera. So, okay. So this is the boss music for each dungeon. Um, I like... The dungeons tend to have very, like, quiet music. And then there'll be, like, little mini-boss encounters. But then the finale feels like a boss encounter. I just noticed that, like, it's funny because he's, like, legitimately playing to record this, and I just, like, look down and see, like, him typing to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he sees, like, weird hot bar situation and yeah, all that stuff. Which, to you, like, you probably have, like, a lot of opinions on the, that, and I'm just like, yep, that's a hot bar. Yeah, well, okay, so I actually play on the PS4. Oh, okay. So, the PS4 controller, like, the hot bar system works different where I'm holding down different combinations of the triggers to access different parts of the screen. Mm -hmm. And it's very... 
um, not good, and I lament getting the PlayStation version of the game. Oh wow. Oh well. <laughs> I like those guys say, "Don't tank to center, please." <laughs> Which means um, he's yeah. gonna do. He must do something that attacks in a way that that would be a bad idea. Yeah, they do that spread thing there. And of course, this this douche is, is a DPS guy, so he's just like, I'm gonna be behind and do my t attack rotation, and if the tank is good, I won't die. So positioning is interesting in this game. Like, you see the telegraphed attacks, mm -hmm. but what you don't see is some attacks uh, that the players have um, depend on your orientation with the boss. Oh, interesting. So, with the, with the rogue, you do more damage if you're directly behind the boss, so you're gonna be in that, like, backwards, empty part of the circle. Okay. Uh, but if you're a monk, some of your combos, you actually want to be on their flank. And then some of the combos, you want to be behind them. So if you want to be a good monk, the tank has to hold the boss still. Or you okay. have to understand what the pattern's going to be and, like, set up your combos correctly to, uh, to you know, deal with that. Mm -hmm. So it adds a little bit of depth. I, I know one of the critiques of this game is that the global cooldown's too slow. But... The reality is that you spend half the time running around to avoid attacks while you're managing your combos. Yeah, I mean, this so, seems like fairly dynamic of a fight. Like, it's yeah. reminding me of World of Warcraft, but I feel like they're moving around a bit more than most of the wild bosses I remember fighting. Yeah, I, I actually really prefer the boss encounters in this game. Uh, WoW does have some very creative ones, but mm. I feel like they're few in, in between. Yeah. You can kind of tell, like, when you enter, like, a new raid, like, there's, like, one or two bosses that are really weird mechanically, and then quite a few that are, like, bullet sponges, and you have to avoid the fire. Yeah. Um, should we swap to another one? Yeah, what's next? Uh, the Waking Sands theme? So, the Waking Sands is your base of operations. Okay. This is only a so minute. 58 seconds. Yeah, so it's this little spot you show up to get, like, story quests, and that's where all the other heroes show up. Okay. Um, I picked this song just because it is mellow. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I was picking, like, dynamic ones more. Why does he like to walk around naked so much? I don't... So there's a stereotype in this game. You know how, like, WoW had certain stereotypes, like hunters or bad players, and... Yeah. Torin. If you're a female Torin, then you're a house mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Final Fantasy, if you play a male cat boy, then you are gay. And there's, <laughs> like, there's no debating it. Like, like, there's no exception. Sure. Um, that's what Richard plays. The, the dude looks like he belongs in Magic Mike, right? I mean, he's not quite buff enough for it, but, like, he, he needs to be on a stage dancing. He, he would be auditioning. Yeah, I mean, he's, other than the axe, he's wearing, like, black leather underwear. <laughs> It's, like, not even strapped evenly. Like, no, he has this asymmetrical super... thing going on. Yeah. It's very kinky. So, anyways, that's what Richard plays. Well, good for you, Richard. I, we all support you. We're, we're your friends. He, he also plays the Red Mage, which is... That's the most flamboyant job in the game. Oh, yeah? So, good luck explaining that to your wife, Richard. <laughs> uh, the next song is Sadness Theme, number two. Yo... You and your sadness. Oh, this has a little bit of a this has a little bit of like a showing part going on. Yeah, this actually has like an appropriate cutscene. I like the um, piano. Yeah, it's good piano work. 
It reminds me of the, the, the Steven Universe song you want to cover. Yeah. Sad pianos sad. are just easy. Just, hey, uh, barkeep, play Moonlight Sonata, but like the second part, not the first part. <laughs> um, I love the storytelling in this game. What, what really bugs me, and I've said this before, but this is like the MMO, but it's also like the best Final Fantasy narrative that we've had in years. And I find that very frustrating. <laughs> sure. Um, All right. Number six. I, I might as well just keep going down. This is actually kind of fun. Number six is my favorite, and it's because it's someone playing a song on guitar. Yeah, that was. it was weird when I put this playlist together. I was having trouble finding a clean version of the song. But I stumbled upon this cover, and it's like, oh, this actually captures the whole thing, so it's just as good. Yeah, because I remember when I listened to this last time, all the way, I actually messaged this song to you, and it's like, I had to be like, this song is, this is fucking gorgeous, this is so good, and this guy's an amazing guitar player, but the composition of this is also just a really, really good song. So, do you remember the story of the song of Answers? No. So... Do you remember how the game launched and it kind of wasn't that good? I vaguely remember you talking about that, yes. Yeah, I, I've told the story before, so I won't dwell on it. But basically, the game came out and it wasn't good. There, there are so many problems with it. They changed producers and they changed director. And they asked the new director, what can we do to fix it? And he took some time to like really analyze it, get to know the team, really break down what's wrong with the game. And he came back and he said, we can... We can turn off the game and remake it completely, or we can try to patch it and make it a little bit better, like piecemeal, inch by inch. I don't think either of these are great options, so I think we should do both. And sure. what they did was he had a team that was dedicated to like improving quality of life issues and making the game tolerable. They suspended the uh, subscription, and they said, hey, we're sorry, everyone, you can play for free while we're fixing it. Oh, wow. While they had the B team basically recreating a new MMO. <laughs> uh, reusing maps, reusing characters and stuff, but like kind of on a different engine that would handle it better. Sure. Um, I, I don't know if you'll, you'll believe this, but everything was handled server side. And when I say everything, I don't just mean like character movement. I mean like mouse movement. So if really? you had lag opening your inventory it was it would like you literally could not grab things out of your inventory wow like it was that bad so they made some bad decisions they made some bad decisions and that's why they decided to cut it uh so over the course of a few months they they went to the writing team and said hey we're going to turn this off and jump ahead like several months like maybe narratively even like a year so like build up towards something that could like be an end point of this story but when we have to turn the servers off. Mm -hmm. They put together this ominous thing that the evil empire was planning some sort of secret plan and they kind of have like a Death Star coming. Uh, there's like hints of this dropped with every other patch, you know? Uh, but then it got to the point where some players would look up in the sky and notice like, well, is that Red Star always there? And they go, yeah, probably. And then it'd be a patch, and they look up. It's like, was well, it always that big? Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I got to the point where that red star was a red moon, and it was approaching. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so it turned out that was the Death Star, and it was a 
it was an elemental dragon of destruction that would wipe out the whole continent. So once you figure out that's the plan, there was this whole battle zone where it's like, okay, we got to go here. We got to stop them from finishing the summon. And there was this whole like month long quest chain of like everyone, we got to help. We got to fight off the thing. And monsters start cropping up in the cities and, and like there was all sorts of stuff and chaos. Like what's going on? And it got to the point where there was this like final week before they turn off the servers. We have to stop the summoning. And everybody's there on the front lines and there's this huge like super laggy battle because so many people were there. And it was just so crazy how like it wouldn't stop. Like the Empire kept coming and it's no, it's gonna happen. And then the servers cut off and they uploaded a trailer that depicted the summoning going through and killing everyone. Oh wow. Yeah, and with this music playing, that very like sadly lamented the the weeping of the gods that watch over everyone, mm-hmm. and it it was this like weird gut punch moment where it's like I can't believe they did this in a video game, <laughs> especially an MMO. Yes, they're like we canonically killed all of you people. The servers are shut off when we fix things. Like that's pretty. That's ballsy. It's a, it's lightning striking. Like, you cannot do this again. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because it was like a lightning strike born out of desperation because there were so many problems. And it's like, this is the most elegant way to f- fix it. But also, a really just like great story way to fix it, too. Like, that is a really cool thing that happened that you got to play through. Yeah. And, um, and they still use it, too. There's like moments where they'll call back to characters that were killed in the 1.0 version of the game. There's parts in the 2.0 version of the game where, like, there's, like, archaeologists that will go to the the crater and investigate. And, like, you fight ghosts and things. And, like, it's it's interesting that they were able to use this to their benefit, despite it being the biggest black eye that they should have felt. Yeah. So, I, I couldn't not put answers on this list. I love, like, the end of it is, like, he switches to an electric and plays a bit of it again. with, with like, I mean, it's always so- an electric, but he's... He- turns on you know different amp setting yeah that's actually how the the real song goes like when oh, really? the yeah when the when the when the dragon like comes out the shift of the music changes and, like with everything like the city's like on fire nice. while it soars over and it's like i can't it's like cannot process what i'm looking at i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> which one do we want to skip to or do you want to keep going in order um let's just keep going okay number, number seven, seven. Then. Because we're at 38 minutes, so we're not going to get through all of it, but... I don't know, we might. We're, we're moving pretty fast. Yeah. Heaven's Sword trailer, so this must... Oh, there's actually, like, singing in this one. Yeah. Kind of opera. So this is interesting. Um, Heaven's Sword was the first expansion. Okay. And it opened... I told you about the Sultana living in Ulda that, like, wanted to change the government to be more about, like, the Republic. Mm-hmm. Um... Her character's interesting, because when you first meet her, she's, like, undercover as a peasant, and she's, like, risking herself to, like, do this dumb ritual that her her aide thinks is dumb. And it's, like, I kind of hate her because she's so, like, prissy and uptight. But the more you get to know her, you realize she actually does honor her people. And I I told you, like, that town felt like my home. Mm -hmm. So the player character gets framed for her murder when she drinks this poison cup. And you're run out of the city. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yikes. 
um, her her guard would always like lift her up on his arm so that she could like speak to the people, and that arm got cut off by an assassin, and it's like everything's falling apart. Like what what's going on? And you get run off to this city that's that's all like isolationists because it's the only place that no one will know your name. Man, that is like it's such a great way to incorporate story through gameplay. Like oh, keep yeah. them in this city until they feel like home, and then you story wise like exile them. Yeah, it's I'm surprised clever. more games haven't done that. Like, it seems so obvious when you say it. Oh yeah, and they make it look so easy. But honestly, if I were to sit down and try to write this story, it would come across as so tryhard. Yeah. Like I could not nail it the way they did. Um. Now, of course, the city has their own problems while the politics of the old world are going on. They have this culture. That's, uh, they've been embroiled in this, like, thousand-year dragon war. Where their whole culture is based on the the Pope runs the city. And he has an army of dragon knights that stop the dragons. Because the okay. dragons have an unending blood feud with all of humanity and they want to kill everyone. So like go to church and hate <laughs> dragons. And that's the moral. And so, much like every Final Fantasy game, it's about realizing, wait a minute, the church is corrupt. And maybe the dragons aren't the bad guys. Sure. Um, so it's just, it's very neat that they told a Final Fantasy story for its own expansion. I like this melody. Um, what was the oh, next one? So we got Saint something or, but wow, there's a lot of fantasy words in this thing. St. Mokien's Arboretum theme. Parentheses, Poison Ivy. Oh yeah, this is just another like relaxing theme. This, this is what I meant when I said the dungeons are usually like kind of mellow. Okay. I think they do this intentionally so that you don't feel the need to rush through and fight everything. Like they want you to take your time and explore. Sure. Uh, the dungeon design in this game is always very, very linear. I oh, Catman, you have complaint. your clothes on now. I'm disappointed. Wait, no, you're not Catman. You're the same. I think it's the same guy as it was the. Uh, no, it yep. might be. I don't see the ears. Or the tail. Maybe. Maybe it's a different, different character. character. Yeah. He still seems a little flamboyant. Yeah, he's playing the bard, it looks like. Oh, that explains it. Um, No, the mechanist, whatever. Anyways, I, I think there's intent behind making these dungeon themes a little more quiet. Um, not a whole lot to say about this track, though, if we want to move on okay. to the uh, Heaven Sword boss theme. Yay! Ominous prognostics. Is prognostics a word? Uh, I don't know. I can't tell. Half the, half the words in this game are made up and half aren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, same guy again. I do like this for boss music, though. Here we go, and we're back with the cat character, and he's got himself a new spear. It's actually a cool-looking weapon. Oh, yeah. Um, warriors get really cool gear. Oh, is he tanking this time? Yeah, he's tanking. Good for him, not being a DPS. Yeah, finally. Oh, you lost aggro. Come on, dude. Come on, I believe in you. Use use, use howling shout. Whatever Yay. it's called. I can't remember what it's called. I love the, the griffin design, too. Yeah. A lot of the monsters in this expansion were based on the Super Nintendo sprites. Oh, really? 
So it's like when I came around the corner and recognized this from a distance, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. Um, not I guess not a lot more to say. It's good boss music. Yeah. Let's see. We got Ravana theme, final phase. This one, this is a raid boss. And the raid bosses are cool because halfway through they'll change mechanics and it changes the soundtrack. So oh man, this like, dude's got so many swords and wings. Oh yeah. He's a cool bad guy. Yeah, he's like this Hercules, be Hercules Beetle swordsman with four swords. Oh, oh it's got uh, vocals in it. Yeah, so all the raid all the raid bosses like this have cool vocal seat. <laughs> it's always like a random genre. Like some of them are like weirdly techno. Oh really? Um, yeah, there's an ice one that's like parody lyrics of Frozen. It's Seriously? it's really that's awesome. yeah that yeah it's, the whole thing is about how like she's so lonely because the world betrayed her and people tell her to let it go but she can't. So she's like emo Frozen. Nice. Yeah. I like this. Sound, it sounds like a. This reminds me of the dwarf music from The Hobbit. Yeah, a little bit. Like um, a, it's like so, a dude just singing like super baritone. So this this guy was a highlight of this expansion. I love that um, someone's like, can you not freaking point the boss at us? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love how this this the sound is so dramatic. Um, the the boss mechanics are interesting because he's kind of tough at first. And he has this weird mechanic where there's like little butterflies flying around too. And you're trying to like, you're watching all these bugs and you're trying to stop them and blah, 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 blah. Um, if you wait too long, he'll actually break the barrier. You see like around the ring. Mm -hmm. So as those are broken off, you can actually get pushed off. Oh, wow. And so if you don't meet like the DPS check before the, the whole transition, you risk a lot. Sure. And when this music kicks in, <laughs> like the first time you experience it, it's an experience. And it feels like, okay, this is a fight. And you steal yourself for battle and you try to finish it off. And it's like a, it's just a great moment. I don't remember WoW having like really cool music cues in the boss fights like this. I, no. I always was in like Ventrilo or something, right? Like if they happen, I didn't hear them. I think WoW's music excels in the zone themes. Mm -hmm. Like, there are certain zones where you go there and you feel happy. Yeah. Um, there are some dungeons, even, that maybe are cool. But not, like... There's no, like, Lich King theme. Yeah. Um, so we got Ishgard. Ishgard they... Yeah, so this 11. is the capital city. Oh, jeez, this is a cool city. I remember when, I wanted, when, when this first came on when I listened to it the other day. I've, I switched over... And I was like, this, it, it like reminded me of like the big Dark Souls 3 city a little bit, just like looking up and it has like similar colors and it just seems so big. Yeah. Um, and you're like, shit, I have to like find stuff. I have to explore this. Like this is going to be, an, this is going to be an adventure, but maybe an ordeal. Yeah. This place feels regal. It feels old. It feels cold. It really feels cold. I mean, it is snowing, but also you get like, everything's like stone. And like old yeah. wood, and it and things are falling apart. Like, but I love the reverb. Stuff. Like, there's like a pipe organ. Yeah. <laughs> so you get like the tradition feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, there's like there's kind of an ominous feeling, but it's not uh, vindictive. 
it's just sort of the weight of like walking into a like a giant classic uh, Catholic church in England. Yeah. You know, where there's like, oh, there's a lot of like weight in this room. The other thing too is the guy is uh, walking through in first person mode, so we can't see his cute cat character. Or Aww. how naked he is. I want to see how his cheeks perk up in the cold. Yeah. Me too. I, I really like this song, though. This is... It's got a lot of, um... It just It's another one It feels very big and wide. Like, the way uh, the stereo is in my headphones right now is cool. I, I like, uh... Like, I'm hearing different stuff in one ear and, you know, in the left ear and in the right ear. But it's really cohesive and it's just like... Like, you're surrounded by the music, but you're also surrounded by the city. Yeah. They they really nail the vibe. I'm just... It, it, good sound design is so important, and it's... You notice... I don't know, like, you notice it when it's bad, but you don't always notice it when it's good, and it feels... I don't know, like, I listen to something like this, and I'm just like, man, I have a lot to learn on how to, like, make video game music and just music in general. <laughs> I mean, this guy has a lot of practice, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, let's go to the western highlands of Coerthus. Yeah, ooh, someone's on a dragon. That's a good way to start a start a song, maybe. So I love, um... Do you remember the trailer music for the opening? Uh, did we listen to that? Was it a... Yeah. That, w- that was that snowy one. Okay. Where it's, like, sad. So that theme gets incorporated in this. So it's kind of fun because it like it puts you where the trailer put you. Sure. Oh, he just like. Um, oh, I, I didn't realize he was piloting the dragon. I thought it was like a going from one place to another. Oh yeah. He just like stopped to look at a statue. Um, I love the scenery. This whole area is like it's so big. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier like the whole theme of this expansion was like the the Pope might be evil and maybe mm. the dragons aren't so bad. So. A thousand years ago, the the dragons and the humans were, like, fighting and stuff. But a princess fell in love with the dragon, and they said, well, maybe we could come together, and maybe we could, like, you know, unite everyone and stop killing each other. The story is told that the dragons killed her, and then the dragons tried to kill someone else, and so he fought back and slayed the dragon, and now the dragons hate that guy for slaying their king. But they slayed our princess, and that's why we're at war. So it turned out a human assassin was sent to kill the princess. The dragon stopped the assassin, but said, Look, your own people don't want the war to stop. They're willing to sacrifice you to do it. So she abandoned humanity and decided to join the dragons, and eventually she died with them. But the stories were told anyways. Sure. And so, as as much as they dishonor her memory, the the lies kept getting pushed forward, and the blood kept pouring out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, there's two brothers. The they were both brothers of that slain dragon king. And the one brother is more optimistic and sad, and he's the one that loved the princess a thousand years ago. And then there's the angry brother, and he's the one that's, like, leading the vengeful army. Okay. So in the game, you convince the nice brother to try to talk the angry brother into forgiving everyone. And the angry brother doesn't have any of it. Sure. And he's he's basically the final boss of the expansion, as he leads a dragon rush on the city. 
And so you have to make like one final stand, like, hey, we tried talking it out, and you're the only one being vengeful here. And it's kind of tough, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know how to deal with this. And you fight a bunch of dragons. And then you fight this one really big dragon. Oh, wow, it's crazy. And it keeps, like, getting more and more metal. And then the this last evil dragon shows up, right? Mm-hmm. Nidhogg. Um, and so, like, with all the that cinematic music, like, building up and all the all the stuff happening and whatever, it's like, oh, it's so epic. And you finally get into the boss fight. And he gives, like, a little speech about the dragon war and how this will never stop. Like, even if you kill him, the dragons will keep coming. And it's like, it feels like everything's at stake in this one moment. And that's when the next track, that's his boss music. Okay. The Kalosha? Kalosi? Um, no, oh, no, no, the I'll, dragon I'll, song. Dragon song. Okay, let's click on that then. Oh, this so, is uh, official. Oh, for the for the listeners, we're no longer following the cat person for any of the rest of these songs. Um, yeah, he, he We do stopped. get baked weeb at the end. Yay. I'll miss you, cat man. You're you're my you're my favorite little gay cat man. Oh, this is all sad sounding. Yeah, so this is the boss fight music. And the lyrics to this song are a poem that tells the story of the princess that died trying to save everyone. We I remember really this one kind of gripping me too, partly because it's one of the few in the in the list that actually has, has a, a singer in it, but it's very it's a very pretty song. And also kind of reminds me of the uh, the the one where the Steven Universe one we're doing, where it's just like a lady singing over sad piano music. <laughs> <laughs> now I I tried to find a version of the boss fight, but I couldn't find one without the sound effects in it. Sure. But imagine a giant dragon that's roaring blood and like ripping through the scene and like trying to like rig talons at you and you're deflecting the shots and your your metal bounces off his claws and you you strike his scales in the chest and his tail whips around and knocks out the healer while this music's playing and it's like the last thousand years have been this vengeance and it's like when is this going to stop it's neat though, because it's like a, it's a very it's disconnected, right? Like you have a very yeah. crazy fight with blood and stuff, right? And, and and magic spells going off, but then a very slow, somber song playing while it happens. And that in itself is like really cool because it's just this intentional dichotomy that's like forcing yeah. you to view this in a certain light. They they force the tragedy of the situation into the gameplay. Like this is the finale of the expansion, you know? Oh sure. So it's like, you have to reflect on the story just by acknowledging that it's not cool rock music. Mm-hmm. I finished my beer. I am pleasantly drunk. That's good. Uh, thank you, I, Dragon's Milk. I've been... <laughs> I, I love Dragon's Milk. God, this beer is so fucking good. I gotta buy this it really more often. Is. I wish it wasn't so expensive. Yeah. Um... What was the next one? Uh, I that's love this the, song. The... Kahalosia Light. Kahalosia. Oh yeah, so I skipped I skip the whole Stormblood expansion for time's sake. Cause you, you asked for like a brief playlist and I gave you one that was twice as long as what you asked for. <laughs> I wanted like an hour-ish and I think you gave me like an hour ten. Um, I th- Maybe it's a little more than that, but... Yeah. It might be a bit more than that. I, I, I listened to it over a couple days because yeah, there's actually a lot of like five minute songs on here. Um, now, Stormblood, I didn't include it any because I didn't like the story, so I didn't have an emotional connection to the music. Oh, sure. 
I do want to say, I think the music is the best part of that expansion. Oh, well. So I'm not dissing the track. <laughs> I'm just, I didn't have any, like, talking points. So when we did the show eventually, I didn't want to, like, waste time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the Shadowbringer expansion. Uh, so in this one, it's interesting is that it's like an opposite world. Um, there's an origin story in this universe where there was one planet and it accidentally got shattered into 14 reflections of itself. So none of the reflections are whole, but they're all part of the one. I like I'm listening to this song and, it, and it, it's reminding me again of the land of glass where we had a, we had a, a level area you could go to that didn't have magic in it. Like that was the hook is like you go to this place and the characters have like assassin abilities, but it's not specifically magic. And um, Joe composed the music for that, but it was it was piano and then a stringed instrument were the two big ones, and that's what we're hearing here. And it's really funny to me that you know just finding the similarities and the stuff I did to this very high budget, very well put together game. Oh yeah, and being like you know maybe we were on to something after all. Like we oh I. I think you were. It, it's funny, and I it, and also this is a, this is a good song. Um, a lot less uh, a lot less speed to this music. It's it's very much more moody, but I like the. I I'm really impressed with piano. Like I, I cannot play the piano. I can't read cheat music, but ooh, there's some flutes now. Nice. Uh, what you, the things you can do with the piano, like never cease to amaze me. Yeah. You, you, cause you can play it really fast and get this really like epic sounding shit, or you can play it really slow, you can play it sad, you know, it's like You can you can do all this stuff with a guitar too, but there's a slightly I don't know, I feel like it's just a little different because it's not quite as I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore, I'm drunk. Yay. We did it everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um So anyways, the this world is like the opposite of the world that you've been playing on this whole time. And on this world, their heroes lost. Oh. So you've been like fighting off the darkness, you know? In this world, they were fighting off the light, and the light overtook the world. You know what would be really funny is if in this video, this person accidentally stumbled upon a dead cat boy, and it was the <laughs> same one from the first half. Of the <laughs> That's him across the lake right there. <laughs> it's just this corpse. It's like, no! <laughs> Continuity. <laughs> okay, um, we're on uh, two Meg. Ilmeg. Ilmeg. Oh, it's Il. Yeah. That it was a Roman numeral for two. Um. So what they did in this expansion is all the all the regions never have a nighttime. It's always day. So mostly the sounds of the the zones are kind of like oppressive feeling. Like, there's always, like, a dryness and a a slight amount of tension. I think this one is a little more light. I don't remember why I really put it in the... Well, the area is really pretty. The area is pretty. I think it's, this one uh, just kind of had a little bit of variety to it. But we can, like the, let's go to the, 16, just the, for the, time's sake. The blue-green, and then, like, the purple flowers. And, like, it's, it's all moss. Like, he's fighting, like, these really pretty bugs, but they're still giant yeah. bugs, so it's kind of gross. Like... I really I love the aesthetic of this place, just like the you know minute I've had to look at it. Yeah, the design is great. Mm -hmm. Are we moving on to the next one? 
Yeah, we'll hit 16, the Holmin Holminster switch. I hate these words, dude. I never have to say I know, mother. right? Uh, I like, okay, I love how this starts. It's very epic sounding. It's very dark. It's very, like, like, this is how, like, a black metal song would start. You'd hear this, and then, and then the guitar would play the same melody, but at twice the speed. And it would be amazing. Yeah. Ooh, I think I see um, some bad guys. Yeah, I love the bad guy design. They're all, like, royal light-infused monsters called Sin Eaters. They're fucking huge, too. Yeah, they all have this, like, marble statue quality to them. That's kind of, like, creepy and neat. Look at these giant-ass scorpions in this desert. They're, like, yeah, like, they're made out of marble. Um, but this is a... Yeah, this is a really cool dungeon. Uh, because it kind of shows you the chaos that they create. Um, so this is a dungeon? This guy's, like, running it solo. Or is there... No, there are other people. He's just... They're not on the screen. Yeah. There they are. So I love this angel boss with, like, the clipped wing. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot of really cool designs in this. There's just, like, like you, you, you design a character like that, and there's automatically, like, a story. You don't have to tell them, but you're like, okay, this guy's seen some shit. He's missing part of his wing. We can still fly. But, like, yeah. you know, it's just those little elements that, and this is why, like, th this mixed media thing, right? Like, me watching this, like, I'm thinking of, like, story ideas, and just, like, oh, this is really cool, or, like, the way they're conveying this thing. Like, how would I do this in text? And uh, anybody that's, like, creative, like, always, always go out of your comfort zone. And, like, if you're writing books, watch movies, play video games. If you're, if you're you know, whatever your thing is, explore other avenues because you will get ideas. And, and I, like a, I like a lot of this because I'm just like, man, the tone of this place, how would I convey this in, in, in a story, you know? Like, like the marble stuff. Like, I, I really want to write a story now with, like, marble monsters in it because... It's just fucking cool. Why, why wouldn't I want to do that? Yeah. And that is good advice. You gotta you gotta push your own boundaries. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you forget you have boundaries until you try to do something different. Yeah, dude, I've been um, uh, clabbing on a story the last couple of weeks with one of my people in my writer's group. And she writes way differently than I do. Like, she'll write a first draft to learn the characters, and she'll, like, delete that and then start over. And it's like... No, I, I absolutely fucking do not do that. That is a waste of time. Um, but her willingness to just completely discard something and try again, whereas I get really married to the shit I write, like, I really appreciate that, because she'll come, like, it's like, okay, I've edited this thing twice, and they're like, well, what if we change this conversation so it's about this, and then I can do this? And it's like, yeah, you know what? That all fits together. I mean, it, it undoes, like, 40 minutes of work, but I think the end result will be better. And... And so the idea of, like, okay, I really have to stop being so married to the, the paragraphs I put out uh, and try, you know, but my first thought is, like, I need to make this work instead of, like, or I could just cut it and start over. And so, like, my hopeful takeaway from this whole experience, which started out really good and got really annoying and I was kind of back to being good again, is, like, this is the learning learning thing I, I need to take away is until it's posted, everything can be changed. Yeah, you do have to embrace your own style, though. Mm-hmm. But experiment. Try something different. Um, so anyways, this boss here is the source of the light in the area. That's a so cool when you boss. kill it, it removes the light. And, like, these people have lived under the light for generations. They've never seen, like, the night before. And that, that alone was an interesting moment for me, if we want to get to uh, track 17. Okay. 
Um, Return of the Night. Aptly named. Yeah. So you kill the boss, and then the sky, like, bleeds out, and you see stars. And people start to talk about how they've never seen that before. And, like, what's going on? And, like, everyone comes out of the city, and they're looking at the darkness for the first time. And, like, someone says, like, it's real. Um, the Sunless Sea. And they talk about how, like, there were legends of the, the jewels that would hang in the night sky. And, and how, like, uh... The, you, you could walk outside and feel the cold embrace of your, your inside bed where you'd normally feel safe. And, like, to these people, the coldness and the dark was such a relief that they've never experienced before that it would, like, bring them to tears. And they start telling stories of the warrior of darkness that's going around and, and stopping the light. And it's just, it's a very interesting little, like, I want to say it's a cliche head-on-your-toes moment. Yeah. But it's handled very elegantly in a believable way. Except the main character playing right now is like a bunny girl with bayonetas glasses. I know. I, <laughs> that's the other thing. My, I'm so attached to my character that when I watch other people's cutscenes, it's like, what the fuck am I looking at? And it's so jarring because it's such a, like an anime kind of thing, right? Like All of these characters are so fucking anime looking. They really are. Um, okay, let's do one more. 18 or 19? 18. Okay. Sorry, this is the main weave. theme of the expansion. Oh, we got, we got more singing. Yeah, this was kind of the trailer that opened the expansion, but this is what plays at the very end. And you're, you're watching, like, the, the finale cutscene here. Um, but it has that kind of, like, you know, wistful melodic singing kind of a thing mm -hmm. that like you kind of expect so far after this whole soundtrack right and then once again the character that shows up and looks up is like a cat boy with two different color eyes and it's like yeah of fucking course it is i know right um so this is you succumbed to the light and that's the bad guy's plan but you meet the spirit of the warrior of light that tried to save this world and failed and you kind of realize that you're kindred spirits in a way. And he decides that he should help you stop everything. Um, so in this like this one moment of weakness where you almost ruin everything, he shows up to help. Oh, okay. And that's when the music changes. Yeah, I just started doing that and it's like... I like this. It, it feels very western. Yeah. And then there's like some spoken stuff that you can't quite hear, but it sounds very uh Yeah, there's like moody Moody, whispers. yeah. It's very like spellcasty. This is a really impressive soundtrack. It it really is, dude. This guy is freaking brilliant. Is that one guy that did this? Yeah. Man. He holds he holds the Guinness record for most tracks in a single video game. <laughs> Because technically all these expansions count towards 14. Sure. And so I love how they incorporate this into the cutscene. Because some of these music cues actually only progress when you hit the button prompts. Oh, really? Yeah. So you get this very cinematic experience. And, like, the bad guy thought his plan was coming together after he betrayed you. And now you stand up against him, and he's like, you can't do that. And then your wizard friend that teleported you to the alternate dimension anyways, then he shows up, and it's like, what? You should be in the jail zone. 
and it's just like it feels like the finale to a movie mm-hmm. in a in a it's like a cartoony kind of movie but um so I love the wizard guy who he's he's a cat boy I don't know if you got to that part oh yeah yeah, yeah. they're he's all right they're all cat boys cat boys all the way down yeah he also like borderline flirts with the main character which means that that kind of makes him gay which <laughs> leads into that stereotype um, he's got a scar on his face though yeah but it's kind of it's kind of a sexy scar but he does the summoning that brought you to this dimension and he fills out like that circle with more people to help you um that number of people is the number of alternate worlds that are still alive and it's also the exact number that fills out a full raid, so you can do the raid boss with these people. Oh, cool. So, I, I don't think it works in the cutscene replay mode, but when you're doing this, it like the, your other party members teleport in there. Oh, nice. So, like, this leads right into the boss fight with other players joining you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like an anime, you know, end scene, right? Where like, but my friends are still here, and then they teleport in and draw their swords. It literally is. That's fucking sweet. Also, this they... music is cool. I got like great le- electric guitar going on. And this villain, he's the best villain in the game because they humanize him, and he, you understand where he's coming from, and he is your friend. And I still feel sad about him. Oh yeah. He, he has this evil plan to reunite the, the fractured universes because that's where all of his friends went. And he wants to basically heal the world that he once knew instead of looking at it like broken and shattered. Sure. That would kill you and your friends, so you're defending your world. But it's basically, there's no, there's no winning situation here. And it basically comes down to like a war of philosophy and a, a a battle of strength, but ultimately you're both fighting for the same reason. Okay. And you are kindred spirits in a sad way. So when you finally do stop him, like it takes all your might to you know you stop the mighty Hades and and before he fades away, he just stands there looking at you and he he asks you to remember that they existed once because he was basically the last living one and his people pretty much go extinct because you killed him and you kind of stop the evil plan but it makes you wonder if there maybe wasn't another way yeah like this guitar solo it's not like fast or anything but it's like just moody yeah it's all very moody yeah it's intense. It ties together just everything. So we're at an hour ten. Do we wanna like we, we went through this whole thing basically? Yeah. Do we wanna wrap this up? And... Yeah. So that was Final Fantasy XIV's epic soundtrack. This was a really fun episode. I have no idea if this was fun to listen to or not, like as an episode. But like, I really enjoyed just going through this and hearing like the story. I'll of put these in the songs. tracks while we're talking. Okay. So that sounds like a lot of work. I'm sorry. Oh, it's not. Oh, I, I actually did that last week when I was doing those practice songs. I edited in the music. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's easy. Okay, cool. Um, But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to link to the playlist, too, so you guys can listen to it proper, if you want. But uh, 
I yeah, I I feel like I talked a lot about this game, and I also feel bad for skimming over things so quickly. There's <laughs> so much in this game. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, let's uh let's go ahead and close out with a classic Glad Space. Um, um okay. Do you do you want to go first? Yeah. Um. So one of the things, and th- th- this is a podcast I started listening to yesterday. This is a, the Jim Quisition podcast or Jim Sterling's video game podcast hit episode three hundred. And, uh, which is a great milestone, good for them. But for their 300th episode, they brought in some guests. And one of the guests is Jonathan Holmes, who is part of their uh, offshoot podcast, uh, Boston's Favorite Son, and then Dismal Gestures uh, many years ago now, where they do, it's just really weird, disturbing sketch comedy. And Jonathan always just wants to talk about video games. And so they finally get to do that, but it just breaks into their weird sketch comedy. It is, it may, I laugh so hard. I've only listened to the first half an hour. But it's like, I feel like if you know these people and their history and you've been listening to them for a while, everything they're doing is fucking hysterical. And if you are the first time listening, you're probably like, this is the dumbest shit in the world. What is wrong with these people? And it's one of those things where like it feels like humor specifically for me. And then Gavin shows up, who used to be part of uh, this podcast as well, but left because of, uh, I want to say business reasons, but he, he's, he came back for this episode. And there's just so much, like, if you're fans of this content and have been for a bit, there's just so much there for you. And, oh, man, it has been fucking, fucking funny. <laughs> I really, really liked it. I want to keep listening to it. That's great. I I love just genuine happiness. <laughs> yeah, I, we don't get enough of that. I, I really, um, I'm feeling very ill looking at how Spotify and iTunes are, like, buying out podcasts. Yeah. Because it's, like, the reason I listen to podcasts is because radio and television and movies are, like, not to sound cliche, but they're a little too corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, and even YouTube became really, really corporate, where every single YouTube has the same format, and you got to buy Raid Shadow Legends, and it's, like, and NordVPN. It's, like, stop it. I love that so, that ASMR guy I listened to was sponsored by Rage Shadow Legends, and see, he's he's at least entertaining. Yeah, that was funny because people it's like so do weird. things. Um, like I, I recommended that one podcast to you, Come Town. Yep. Uh, they they're really bad at ad reads where they'll do like an ad read bit that lasts half an hour and it's not funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like some of these episodes, I just like. I'll try skipping ahead, and it's like they're still talking about dick pills, and I just turn it off. Um, so it, it's like stuff like hearing Jim Position three hundred doing good. It's like okay, good. That's <laughs> that's what it should be. It's funny because they introduced Jonathan. He used to be on an MTV show called Road Rules, but he was like on the offshoot Road Rules called Road Rules Northern Trail, and so like. It's like a, it's not even a good, a good moment of his life because he was literally like a kid on MTV, and it's always like, oh my god, we have star power, Jonathan Holmes off of Road Rules Northern Trail, and and he's like, I'm 40 years old, no one fucking knows what that is. I don't know what that is, but I know it's funny. God damn it. Nice. <laughs> oh, what are you glad about? Oh yeah, so um, I got CBS All Access for Lower Decks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lower Decks has been really good. I've enjoyed these episodes. Nice. Um, I don't know if you've watched any more recently. No, and I keep fucking meaning to, especially with jokes. I know he likes Star Trek. So 
um and he'll he'll like this cuz they they make some fun references to stuff but um you know how there like there's always that one episode about like the holodeck malfunctioning mhm and like it tries to kill everyone or something so they had a B plot where they did one of those and it's like okay that feels like a staple so of course they would do it but instead of like evil lincoln or something it was like you know the microsoft assistant paperclip yeah it it was that where like they're in the holodeck trying to do like a training mission so like uh it's like it's a badge it's com badgy hi badgy mm-hmm. he's like hey mm-hmm. what, could, could i teach you a lesson and then like it it broke so it tried to kill him for like no reason and it was like i i loved it so much <laughs> And that was just like the B plot. Like they didn't pretend it was a big deal. It's like this is a joke. You 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 guys get it. Um, but in my glad space, it's not just lower decks. The other thing I found on CBS is they have some movies, and they happen to have one of my favorite movies that I haven't had to see in like years now. Uh, have you ever watched Sunset Boulevard? No, but I feel like I've heard of that. That's a classic. Um, it's about this actress that was just she was a superstar during the silent era and she kind of retired at about the same time that talkies are coming into play so she kind of just disappeared and there's this hollywood writer that's down on his luck and he kind of ducks into this old place to hide for a minute and it happens to be her mansion and they they kind of bump into each other And she finds out he's a writer, and she's like, well, I've been writing a script for my great return. It's about Cleopatra, and I will be Cleopatra, and um, and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And and he's, like, desperate for work, so she, like, insists that he rewrite her script for her. And he kind of, uh, like, she's a little crazy, (laughs) and he's a little desperate, so he puts up with it. And he ends up, like, oddly trapped with her. And it's like, he could just leave and try to have a normal life, but his normal life wasn't working out so great. And she keeps, like, buying him things, like suits and, like, expensive watches and stuff. Um, And it's like, well, you know, why not just coast on this for a while? Sure. And it's just, it's a, it's a classic movie. It's written really smart. Um, The acting is all really good. There's a lot of fun, like, Hollywood trivia in it, too. Um, and it's really quotable. There's a, there's a handful of uh, moments that have been quoted throughout the years. So I think if you watched it, you'd go, oh, that's where the Simpsons got that. Nice. Um, but yeah, Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> really, I, I've been enjoying CBS All Access. I didn't think I would care that much. There's a weird mix of stuff on there. And I it's, know it's I random. need to log back in and, and pick something to watch. Um, it's not like Netflix or Disney where there's like so much stuff, but it's such an interesting grab bag. Like I recommend try it for a month. Um, you know, watch Lower Decks, catch some Picard or whatever. Yeah. But but poke around in the different categories. You're going to be surprised the random things you found. What was the other thing you found? Like they had a uh, Drawn Together or something? Drawn Together was, I believe, on yeah. there. And then Ugly Americans was the other surprise. That where was, I was it. like, Ugly I Americans. haven't seen that in a while. And. I think you're like, you know, that's a that's a show that had a good concept that felt like they there was stuff that got in the way of it, probably in the background. And I feel like that is a really apt description of that show. But there's it, there's something about it that, like, no other show is really like that. And I think it is worth a watch just because it's weird. 
So yeah, I so, yeah, I, no, I agree with you. I've been enjoying my time with CBS. I I say give it a month. Why not? Yeah. So we're at an hour nineteen. I I know next week we talked about doing another listen along with with specific albums, but we did just kind of do one of those. I don't know if we want to put that out another week. Yeah, actually, I want to do a little more research because I'm torn. I I have it whittled down to two different albums. Okay. And I want to pick one, and then I want to research that one more. Okay. So let's let, we're one week away from our next uh, listen along. I wonder, um, do you want to try and get a guest in next week? I know we have Emily and Alex kind of in the background of, of like either Yu-Gi-Oh! Or I was going to say maybe we could do like an MLP episode of Emily and watch an episode of Pony Life that we haven't seen. Yeah, and actually we have a third guest lined up too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what it is with the show, but we suddenly we're, we're swimming in guests. Which is kind of funny because it makes it feel like a legitimate podcast. It really does. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll have, a, we'll have a nice treat for the listeners next week, maybe. Or not. Yeah, I don't ho- fucking Hopefully know. we'll introduce you to a new friend. Um, if not, your favorite two friends will be here and we'll have some fun. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. And remember, Richard, just sleep tight. Yeah, Richard, sleep the fuck tight. Just sleep, get in bed, damn it. Get the fuck to sleep, you piece of shit. The couch isn't a bed.